podcasting from St. Louis, Missouri. This is Functional Wellness with Dr. Allison, your information and inspiration hub for all things health, wellness, and functional medicine. Your host, Dr. Allison DeBario-Goggin, has been practicing functional medicine for over 11 years. She is passionate about finding root causes and solutions for gut health, hormone balance, anxiety, and autoimmune conditions. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. Are you tired of dealing with acid reflux every day? Are you wanting to stop being dependent on antacids or your medication? And you really want to get to the root cause of why you're having reflux every single day or maybe less often, but it's enough that it's bothering you. Today, we are going to be talking about why you might have acid reflux and what you can do about it. I love this conversation because I do work with so many people who struggle with this issue. My favorite stories are from my acid reflux patients because it's so rewarding to get to their root cause and see them feel better so fast. It's, it can be so easy. And I have so many success stories. It's kind of hard to pick one because a lot of people come to me with chronic sinusitis, asthma, post-nasal drip, chest pain, back pain, pain along the bra line is so common and it's not responding to inhalers or medication or even natural support. And a lot of times it just comes down to not eating your trigger foods. I know I'm sorry. It's the ice cream at night, but then they finally wake up in the morning and they don't have the back pain. They are not coughing and hacking. Their sinuses aren't a mess. They have their voice back. Maybe they slept all night. They can eat breakfast without getting sick. Like there's so many positive things that come from figuring out what's exactly what's going on with your body. So why are you taking the antacids? Number one, I can't tell you to not take your prescriptions. Honestly, if you need it, take it. There's no shame in it. Um, You need to work with your prescribing physician and who's helping you with this, um, who's guiding you. If your doctor says food does not affect your gut, either find a new doctor or work with somebody else, find a nutritionist, a functional medicine physician like myself, someone who does understand how the body actually works. And it's okay to have multiple people on your team. I have my team members who think food is stupid. You just need medications or just to live with your issues. And then I have my other people who are like, here's what we're going to eat. Here's the supplements that are going to help. Here's your acupuncture, right? So find the best of both worlds. The other thing that I really am passionate about people understanding is that there are side effects to taking these types of medications of proton pump inhibitors. They're not discussed. These medications are only supposed to be taken for a short time of the year. It's like what, 14 days, and then you're not supposed to take it. And the majority of people that I know have taken this medication for one to 10 to 15 years, and no one's told them all of these side effects. It's just, oh, well, of course you have this. It's from this medicine. So here's your next pill. Here's your next pill. Number one is of course, decreased vitamin and mineral absorption. If you don't have enough stomach acid, your body's not digesting. It's not going to absorb what it needs. These medications increase fatigue and mitochondrial issues because of a lot of these things. They cause increased risk of heart disease, kidney disease, and dementia. These are very, very serious things. And they're very, very common. You just add more medicine in, which is not health. It's not healing. It's not wellness. It's not functional. It's, it's just literally killing people. So they don't have acid reflux because telling them to stop eating all their crappy food is too hard. 
it just blows my mind. Okay. And then the last thing that I see most commonly is an increased risk of SIBO, that small intestine bacterial overgrowth, C. diff, and H. pylori. Your stomach has high amounts of acid for a good reason. One of those is, of course, it breaks down food. The next reason it has really high acid is because it protects us against viruses, bacteria, fungus, and mold. It's one of our first entryways of things that get into our body besides breathing them in. So our sinuses and our mouth, and then into our stomach. When you don't have that acid going into your small intestines, the small intestines are not killing off bacteria, viruses, and they have this overgrowth. So it's really common to have SIBO when you're taking antacid medication. And guess what SIBO does? It causes acid reflux. So you end up in this really vicious cycle. So you heard me say food is important. Food is so important. It's not the only thing though. So I'm not going to sit here and say you only have acid reflux because you're not eating right. That's not necessarily true, but it is easiest to start with food. So and it's going to be one of your main factors that you need to pay attention to. Caffeine, alcohol, chocolate, spicy foods. You might be taking antacids or prescription, or even if it's natural thing, you're like, how come I can't eat spicy foods? How come I still can't eat coffee? The thing is, so if those are a trigger food, they're probably always going to be a trigger food for you, no matter what medication you use, no matter what supplement you take. Um, my patients who don't stop eating their trigger foods don't get better. And that's a hard lesson to learn um, for them. For me, it's been really difficult because I want to help people. And when I call them, I'm like, what do you have for breakfast today? They say, well, coffee and a chocolate granola bar. I'm like, babe. <laughs> talked about this. You can't have coffee and you can't have chocolate. And then call me and say, why is my acid reflux still bad? We still have to get rid of these foods. And honestly, there's no real way around it. The other thing that I see people get triggered with a lot is carbonation. And you might think, well, I don't drink carbonation. I just have my water and my seltzers. Well, that's still carbonation. It's not necessarily soda and energy drinks. It's that carbonated water. Most people with acid reflux don't do well with carbonated drinks. So carbonation, it also needs to be cut out. Um, sorry, but also not sorry because if it saves you, it's better. <laughs> okay. Some lifestyle things that we talk about, but we need to actually do, of course, is no eating really after 6 PM, at least not within two hours of going to bed. Your food needs to be digested and into your small intestines as far as it can go before you lay down. You might need to raise your bed up or use more pillows while you're working on healing your stomach. I go back and forth on eating smaller meals because it just depends, right? So some people who have blood sugar issues, they might need to eat more often through the day. For people who have high blood sugar, or diabetes, they can't necessarily keep snacking. Snacking and small meals throughout the day does not mean fruit snacks and cookies and candy and donuts and pizza. It means vegetables and fruits and, you know, like good options to maintain your blood sugar. So play with that and see how you feel. And then chewing your food. I can't stress this enough. People just literally inhale their food don't chew. We don't think we just get it down and move on to the next thing. And this is a major factor in acid reflux. You need to slow down the ideal, I think is what 30 chews per bite. 
And that's a long time. That's a lot of chewing. So this is just a great starting point. If you've never even thought about this to sit down and see how many chews you normally do before you swallow your food and see how far you get, get how many chews can you get per bite and slow down while you're eating, give your body a time to rest and digest. Okay. Now, silent acid reflux is something that if you have it, you know, it most of the time, most people have it and don't know it. I didn't even say this right. I don't even know how to say this. Silent acid reflux is reflux that is occurring, but it doesn't feel like reflux. You might go to the dentist and your dentist says, Ooh, your, your teeth are eroding and your throat is really red. And how oh, you have reflux. And you're like, I had no idea because it's just, it's literally silent. Um, and this is scary because it can erode your esophagus. It leads to esophageal cancer, Barrett's esophagus. And um, you need to be definitely checking out if this is an issue for you. Um, post-nasal drip is also connected to silent acid reflux as well as chronic sinusitis. So you might be thinking, I don't have acid reflux, but I have this chronic cough and I'm always having sinus infections that never get fixed. And part of that reason is because you lay down all this acid is coming up. Um, this is why I say no ice cream at night, no junk food at night, no soda, no chocolate at night, because it causes that acid reflux. And when you lay down, all that reflux is coming up through your throat, up into your sinuses, and then you're breathing it in, you're sleeping, um, and it's going into your lungs and you wake up, you're coughing, you're hacking, you're not feeling good. And then you're like, wow, my lungs are really upset. So this is something we really need to pay attention to, especially if you say my inhalers aren't working and L's and I'm taking all the supplements for my lungs and they're not working Well, it's coming from somewhere else. Okay. All right. Let's talk about supplements. What are we going to do? Um, and there's a lot. So my warning with supplements always is don't run out and buy everything and spend $500, like try and figure it out first. Where I like to start with my people is to take some apple cider vinegar about half an hour before you eat. If you have burning or pain in your stomach, you might have an ulcer and you might need to actually be on um, antacid medication until that is healed and figured out. Then also when you take digestive enzymes, you need to stay away from hydrochloric acid. Many people do really well just taking apple cider vinegar as their basically their pre-enzyme and do great with it. You can take one to two tablespoons of it. Some people add it to water. Some people just take it straight. I don't care what you do as long as you get it down. I love using digestive enzymes. So the deal with enzymes is they are not a daily multivitamin supplement. They are digestive enzymes made to digest food. So you need to take them when you eat food. You can take one to two with each meal. I always say when it's pizza, beer, and wings night, you might need to take three or four or more. When I was pregnant with my son, I was taking like six, seven, eight, because I just wasn't digesting food. And it helped at break down food, helped with acid reflux, helped with bloating and gas and all of that other good stuff. So yay for pregnancy. Okay. I also really like aloe vera juice, um, Lily of the Desert, I think is the brand that I use. They also have a like a mint flavor, which is really good. And that's um, great for calming down the stomach as well as the intestines and supporting digestive enzymes that way. 
I do like probiotics, but it depends on the person. If you have SIBO or histamine reactions or MCAS, you need to watch the type of probiotic and how much different strains will inflame SIBO and histamine. So just that's something to look forward to. So if you have acid reflux and you take a probiotic and it gets worse, that is a major, major sign that you either have an infection or a histamine issue and then stop taking it. Don't power through. It's not going to make you better. Okay. Research has shown the following supplements are really helpful for stomach support and getting off of antacid medication, melatonin, tryptophan, methionine, vitamin B6, folic acid, TMG, zinc, and B12. And I'll link the research uh, article to the podcast name here. So you can take a look at that. Now there's an argument, of course, there's always an argument or discussion, I should say, about when to take these things. Now, when we think of melatonin, we think at nighttime because you want to be able to help trigger your brain for sleep patterns. Other people are saying that they're giving it in the morning because they're trying to calm down the stomach for the entire day and build up those reserves. So in my opinion, do what's best for you. If you take melatonin in the morning to support your stomach, six milligrams, three milligrams is not going to knock you out. Honestly, it should not knock you out. It should be helpful. If it does, then take it at night and see how you fare there. Um, be willing to experiment and play with these things. Of course, of course, I love my essential oils. Um, ginger, copaiba, digestum can both be topically and internally. Um, doTERRA has their digest tabs, which are chewable tablets for like on the spot um, support. Some people do really well with peppermint. Some people don't, it just depends on you um, and what your body needs. So I keep those on hand all the time for stomach issues. It's great. So when we start diving in more into root causes of acid reflux, infections do tend to be another major cause. So food and then infections, things like H. pylori and the protozoa and the um, worms essentially that come along with that are very, very common. So I love to do the GI map test, especially, especially if there's skin issues like eczema, psoriasis, acne, it really helps us figure out which specific infections there are and then how to work with them. And H. pylori, of course, is an infection in the stomach, it's bacterial, and it can cause acid reflux. So I like to use that GI map test. And then of course we look at SIBO, that small intestine bacterial overgrowth. That's a simple breath test. You just drink a sugary solution, breathe into tubes over about two or three hours, and then send those in and they let you know. So getting checked out for those underlying infections is really, really important because you might change all your food and take all the things, but you're still not feeling good. You might have an infection you need to get taken care of. Next thing on my list is, um, physical and structural concerns, things like pyloric valve stenosis, hiatal hernia, and diaphragm dysfunction. All of the organs that live in that area really can get bunched up and cause reflux and pain, indigestion, gas, bloating, all of these things. So I recommend going to see a pelvic floor physical therapist who specializes in visceral health 
Um, if you need someone and you're not in St. Louis, let me know. We do have a ton of people in St. Louis. They're amazing. They do work on the diaphragm and the stomach and really help improve the function and blood flow and lymph flow to all of these organs. I've had it done myself. I'm going every week and it has made a major change in my gut health. It's been wonderful. The other thing that I refer to is craniosacral support, which is just a very, very light touch throughout the body. And that does help my gut pain. It helps with muscle and nerve system relaxation. So that's a great tool to have for you as you're trying to figure all these things out. And of course, I would recommend an endoscopy or colonoscopy to make sure that there's nothing else going on. You still have to rule out these major players like ulcers and bleeding and scar tissue and cancer, all those big, scary things. And it's easy to ignore and say, oh, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But get yourself taken care of, make yourself a priority and whatever happens, know that you're going to be taken care of and, and find the right people. Two more things left. Okay. Eosinophilic esophagitis is a little known topic about uh, unexplained GERD system symptoms. It's an allergic response to a stim stimulus, whether it's food or an infection or allergies, things like mold, dander, metals, things like that. And it can cause acid reflux symptoms, a tightness in the throat, difficulty swallowing, chronic like throat clearing. So this is something that you need to look into. It can be autoimmune and then working with the reflux from an autoimmune perspective can be very helpful as well. And that is highly dependent on the person. And then the last thing of course is stress because stress can cause acid reflux. One of the reasons it does that is because that fight or flight shuts down the parasympathetic system, right? So we get stressed out, we go into fight or flight, the rest and digest gets turned down. What happens when the rest and digest gets turned down is that the stomach stops producing enough acid. And then what do we do when we're stressed out? We eat, we're emotional eaters, and then the food sits there and it starts to rot and it sits up against that lining of the stomach. And then what starts coming up is all that rotting food because the small intestine is highly chemically triggered, meaning there has to be the right amount of acid and things digested in order for that stomach valve, that pyloric sphincter to open into the small intestines. And if that isn't triggered, it's, it's gotta go, it's gotta go somewhere, right? It's either gonna go up or down. So when we're stressed out and we eat, our body's not going to digest the way it needs to stress does not mean, oh my gosh, the world is ending. What am I going to do? It can look like you're eating in the car, you're eating, standing up, you're fighting at the kitchen table with your kids because they didn't do homework again. Right. Um, you are distracted while you're eating distraction, like watching TV, scrolling through social media can shut down that parasympathetic system. The brain will be like, no, we're busy. We can't, we can't eat right now. We're watching TV and we're mindless. We're mindlessly eating and that shuts down our digestion. So if you don't feel stressed emotionally while you're eating, your body might just be distracted. So slowing down, chewing your food, coming into the moment, practicing that mindfulness can engage your stomach to create the right amount of acid, get your brain involved and support that system. 
And then of course, doing your vagus nerve exercises like gagging, gargling, enemas, doing the head turn with the eyes, all of those things can support digestion as well and help your body manage and process stress instead of bottling it up and like it coming out as all these issues. Okay. That's what I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you being here as always. If you have any questions, um, let me know. I offer a free 30 minute consultation for us to chat about what you've been going through, brainstorm on some ideas on how to move forward and get to work. So make sure you like, and subscribe. So you stay tuned with all of our weekly videos and podcasts, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Functional Wellness with Dr. Allison. If you would like personalized care and testing, you can schedule a free introductory consult with Dr. Allison online at Little Black Bag Medicine or message us on Facebook at Little Black Bag Medicine. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.